Episode 23 of SID Cast. I'm your host, David Gibson. It's been that way since October, and if you heard anybody else's voice, you should probably call 911 because uh, something has happened to me. So, um, very special episode today with Utah State's Katie Perchlick. Um, before we get to that, I wanted to ask you guys about something. I want your guys' input. Um, what do you do when, what do you guys personally do? And take some time, load up Twitter, load up whatever, however you want to communicate to us. And, um, I want you guys to give me some feedback on how you guys handle burnout. You know, uh, it's getting to this point where there's been a lot of things uh, going on the past couple weeks, and it, I'm just a mess. Um, and last night, I had a huge presentation this morning, and it was worth like 100, 150 points. I think the uh, the paper that's going to be 30 pages long is worth like uh, 50 of those points, I believe. And um, I couldn't sleep to save my life. And everybody who knows me um, knows that... I go to bed really early, and I didn't fall asleep till 3 last night. I'm just so burnt out, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Katie, but I'm kind of tired of studying sport. I'm ready to read something else, you know? I'm ready to look at something else I'm looking forward. So let me know what you guys do to handle burnout, and I look forward to seeing your guys' uh, answers, and we will get that into episode 24 of those answers um, next week with Olivia Coro of East Carolina. So that should be that should be a good one. So uh Katie Porchlick, hi, how are you? I'm good. Great. Um I saw you're drinking a Michigan mug. We gotta talk about that. I know we did off air, but but yeah, we I don't know if this can work out. We're already about two minutes in and I'm thinking of shutting it off. So Michigan and Louisville don't get along. There was a point during um, college football when we started to get those first rankings coming out that I thought, oh, my God, Michigan and Louisville are going to play in a bowl game. Like, it looked that way to me. I was dead convinced because it's always that way with the national championship game and everything. But thankfully it didn't work out that way, and I I was able to, like, suck it up and get you on the show. But um, glad to have you on. Um, Again, we did have somebody that said, not an SID. So what, for those that don't know, what, what department do you work in over in Utah State? I'm a marketing assistant at Utah State. And you went to Michigan, obviously. Uh, go blue, I guess. I can't believe I'm saying that. That was painful. That was legitimately <laughs> painful to say that. I like Michigan, for, for the record. I, I love Michigan. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I guess I like them better than say Michigan State. I went to the first ever Big Ten championship game and Michigan State was in it, and I am sick and freaking tired of hearing "Go Green, Go White." So I, I'm gonna take to take to Michigan a little bit. But um, so tell us everything like your background that led you up to Michigan. Why did you choose Michigan, and what kind of led you into athletic marketing? Yeah. So. Growing up, I've lived all over the country, East Coast, Midwest, West Coast, and the South just recently, and the only constant was playing sports, and then my dad's one of six, and five of his, or four of his siblings, wow, I can't do math right now, (laughs) um, live in Michigan, so we'd always go to Michigan in the summer, either Traverse City, Northern, or other parts of Northern Michigan, and some of his siblings went to Michigan, so, like, Michigan was always, like, a constant team for me, so I grew up rooting for Michigan along with Washington Huskies and UConn Huskies for women's basketball, 
because I lived in Washington and Connecticut. But Michigan was just a constant. And then due to injury, I had to stop playing right before high school. So I experienced the admin side of sports a lot earlier than most people do. I was a team manager my sophomore through senior year of high school for the girls varsity and JV team. And then I coached my younger sister's team. I loved coaching little kids. I didn't I liked being around the team still. I just didn't like doing stats and video stuff. So sports information, not really for me. I ruled that out pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, the typical sports information. Now with media relations, I kind of like some of the stuff they do. Um, so then I get to Michigan. My first year and second year, go to every sporting event that I can. And then my one of my really good friends was in the sports marketing internship program, which has now changed to a different title and stuff but my junior and senior year did that internship junior year it was different where you only work had to work like three to five events and it was any sport but I was at a lot of events anyway so people had me sub for them (laughs) and then my senior year they changed it so that we had one's fall sport one's winter sport and one's spring sport my fall sport was field hockey winter was women's basketball and spring was women's lacrosse So you worked mainly those events, but then you could sub for people in other events as well. So coming from Michigan, I got to see the game day side of things, marketing plan side of things, but that was really it. So then I started applying to jobs close to graduation, anything that had to do with marketing because that's what I knew I was interested in. I ended up at McNeese State, which is a small school, FCS level, and while it was marketing assistant, my job was located in the ticket office, so I did ticketing on a daily basis. My computer was a marketing computer with Photoshop, so I learned game day graphics, promo graphics, and all that fun stuff, teaching myself Photoshop and GIFs and everything that goes along with that. But then I also got to do video boards during football games. I was in the control room queuing commercials and pump-up videos and music. And then for basketball, I got the unique experience of doing the replay official. Very stressful. Um, Unique experience to have. Not sure I'd recommend doing it if you have the option just because it's constantly marking when the ball changes possession and then making note of who had the ball and if it was a three that will be reviewed or a foul that could be flagrant or whatever. Um, So those were unique experiences. And then I did a lot of game day ticketing in the spring when our other assistant left for a different job. But then I also really got involved with our kids club and started that from scratch at McNeese. So I really enjoyed that. So at McNeese, I got exposed to a ton of different departments and areas that I was still interested in. So when that position ended, I was looking for a job that was a little bit more focused, but still had a variety of stuff and wasn't just marketing. So my position here, I oversee campus marketing. So I do our student newspaper ads, our digital ads on campus, and I do our intern program, which started out as like 18 people. Now it's at 12 just because people leaving and stuff. And we've been in the interview process to replace people. And then women's basketball is my main sport. So Coming up with theme days and promotion and how to create a game day atmosphere to get people to come to the games. And then on game days, executing everything on headset, 
telling interns when to run promotions because of media timeouts being different for women's basketball. And then I also oversee our interns who do men's and women's tennis and track and field. That seems like a lot. How about we back up for a minute? What, what I just I'm just curious. What was one of the largest events that you had to work at Michigan? Yeah, so Michigan, I worked pregame for the second under the lights game oh. for football. So that's the biggest one. <laughs> yeah, what was that like? I mean, like they they didn't do that before. I remember the first under the lights game. So how? How did the fan base take that, and how did, I mean, was it well-received? Yeah, so I was a freshman for the first Under Lights game, so I experienced that completely as a fan, and that was incredible with the ending that happened. The second one, if it's even possible, because the fans were had so much expectations from that first one, you can't repeat and, like, recreate the ending that happened in that first game, but the atmosphere was, like, Ten times more, if that's even possible, because the expectation was already set so high that, like, the fans were just crazy, and we actually, as interns, got to experience that from the field, so that was pretty neat. So, in your position, Mal, I can't say words, Um, in your position now, how would you uh, promote that event? How would you have? Oh, that's good. Um, I mean... At Michigan or like a night game at Utah State? Uh, let's go with Michigan. I want to know that first. So Michigan has the diehard loyal fans, so it's not as much about getting them to the event, and it's a rivalry game, so that sells itself. So more just with the atmosphere and stuff. How I would have improved that game was we had a video during halftime, the banded of Beyonce-themed performance. And we had a video from Beyonce, but we didn't actually have Beyonce at the game. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the only way it could have been better, is having her actually there instead of just the video. But they did a really good job. And the fans went crazy. We had the, like, bracelets that, like, you turn on and they, like, glow. Right, yeah. And I don't know how many we gave to the first however many fans, but we had the empty boxes that we were going around on the concourse collecting, and people were just, like, ripping the boxes, like, trying to find more of them when there weren't. So huh. it was interesting. Um, do you do any sort of promotion like that with, like, the wristband uh, now at Utah State? We had all night games, actually, for the most part. I think our earliest kick was, like, a six-something kick this year. So we had a lot of late games. Um, we didn't do anything with the like wristband like light up type thing this year we have a few night games next year that may have it we haven't really gone fully into the planning for football yet so what what is that like logistically trying like even just like a blackout or a whiteout i mean they what's like the deadline yeah we actually had a whiteout as one of our games this year at utah state and Coming from Michigan, where it's, like, maize and blue, we don't really, like, we try, like, maize is, like, really hard to get people to do. Like, all the students are in maize because that's the student section shirt, but, like, it's cold weather and stuff, so, like, no one has, like, maize puffy winter coats and stuff (laughs) and maize rain jackets and everything. So, see, we did a whiteout and a stripe out for football this year, 
and just seeing it because I've gone to away games for Michigan so like Penn State's whiteout and stuff like I'm just amazed when like stadiums that big can get everyone in like pretty much one color so like having our whiteout game and the students had like that chalk stuff that you throw in the air so like that looked so neat and I hadn't really gotten to experience like a full color out before so I really enjoyed getting to be a part of one of those but, but, I mean, what is it getting from point A to point B, like getting those students the chalk? I mean, what's that yeah, like? This, our student section actually provided it and, like, distributed it among, because we have a smaller student section called the herd. So, like, the officers for that, like, distribute it for the chalk part. And then for the shirts, we release maps and, like, really send emails out to, like, the regular fans and stuff with, like, this is this section's color and, like, but you can only control so much unless you do, like, the T-shirt type giveaways where every single person gets a shirt in their right color. And that's bigger. Like, you just can't do, like, that many T-shirts. So just making sure the message gets across early enough that, like, hey, you just bought a ticket in this section. You're this color kind of thing. Um, how much do you, does, do you guys interact with the student section? We actually have weekly meetings with the athletics VP and then the person who oversees them on staff. That uh, student section for basketball, I've heard, is pretty crazy. Is that, is that true? I've been told that I'm not in the prime of them being, like, at their best. Um, it's getting better. We had this really cool promotion this year where we did Spectrum <laughs> Magic night where we did our seats are very uniquely colored if you've seen photos um so the student section actually did t-shirts to match the colors of the seats and it had like spectra magic on it so i think that was one of the cooler student promotions i've been on the admin side and not the student side of helping with uh i, I got i gotta know you're, you're such a huge michigan fan is utah state okay with that they don't play each other, so it <laughs> hasn't been an issue yet. Um, I will always root for Michigan, especially right now when I still have friends on a lot of the teams. Um, but if they were ever to play, I'd want my friends to have an amazing game like Spike did in the national championship game. The outcome wasn't what we wanted, but nope. I'd be, I've gotten to know the Utah State athletes too, so... I would just want a good game and, like, my friends to do well, but Utah State to win. So let's talk about kind of how you interact with an SID and just take that for basically what I said. How do you, how does you, how do you and the rest of your marketing team interact with sports information directors on a daily basis? Yeah, it's actually unique because my office is called The Dungeon um, because of its appearance. But on one side of it is the marketing assistant and interns and then the other side is the media relations GAs and interns so I actually deal with them a lot especially because the two GAs are overseeing tennis and cross country slash track and field so we interact with each other on a daily basis um but then I also the closest normal office to us is the media relations one so I'm in there one a lot during basketball season because that's where the women's basketball meet, uh, SID is located. Um, but we actually have a really good relationship with our media relations department, 
we have meetings with them to brainstorm how we want to approach our social media um, engagement and appearance during the summer when the teams are out of season. We just had that first brainstorming meeting earlier this week, actually. So we interact with them hourly, <laughs> in my case, with being located next to them. Um, that's fortunate that you guys have a good relationship. Have you ever heard of an instance to where SIDs and marketers uh, don't have a great relationship? I've heard stories just because of social media and how big it's getting and stuff, just the balance between, like, marketing's efforts with social media and then, like, getting the press releases and, like, game day stuff out. And there's been not communication between the two, so they'll release on top of each other. And, like, even us, like, we'll have something come up that we release without, like, telling them, hey, we're going to post this right now kind of thing. So we have overlap sometimes. Um, we've gotten a lot better with being like hey if you have like use my like tomorrow graphic for your press release about tomorrow's game kind of thing so that like we're not posting two separate times um but yeah i've heard of media relations and marketing not getting along i've heard of marketing and other departments not getting along um i'm very fortunate with how um how the communication is between our departments here so for those that don't have a great relationship and obviously they would need to improve it, would what you say how to improve it be the communication? I think communication is definitely the starting point. I think for ones who don't have a good relationship to begin with, I think coming up with like a content calendar, either on like Google Drive or whatever your school uses as like the main sharing drive, and just having, like, sport-by-sport sport days and everything, and then, like, what content each department is trying to get out that specific date or that specific week so there's not butting heads with content. What is a content calendar? I mean, we learned about it. Okay, I'll just say this. We learned about it last semester, and I don't mean to play 20 questions here, but, like, how do you organize it? And that's what it was. I mean, we had to have one for this big group project, and the guy I assigned it to, I was kind of like the group leader, and the guy I assigned it to is like, man, I got no idea what the world she was talking about. So what is it? I have seen so many, and it really depends on what method and, like, format for organizing works best for you and your department, because I've seen so many different versions of a social media like content plan and calendar type thing um i'm not sure there's really one that fits best for everyone i have one personally for me that literally just has like date columns for like the sport twitter and instagram because those are two different sized graphics to make sure both and then cutouts if those need so like i'll write that stuff in on my own but like when you get to all the sports and like other departments it gets a little bit more color-coded and messy. <laughs> uh, so how do you plan out a week? Is it like at this specific day, at this specific time, there's going to be, you know, a meet-the-team graphic or, or what? It really depends what part of the year I'm in. For women's basketball, I had it planned out what athlete was going to be on, like, this game day graphic, what athlete was going to be on, like, the tomorrow graphic way in advance so that I just had to pull the photo to do the cutout so I didn't have to think, like, oh, who haven't I used lately? I think keeping track, if you have the photos all in advance, I think planning out, like, who you're going to use for a game and tomorrow graphics and all that stuff 
makes it a lot easier when you get to it because you make sure everyone's been used or if it's soccer with a shorter season, you make sure at least like your seniors got used on like the home day graphics and stuff and upperclassmen. But I think just keeping track of who you're using so that it's not like one athlete like every single time and then another senior or whatever never gets used, just balancing that out. Uh, let's talk about your graphics for a moment. Um, where do you find your inspiration from? That's kind of a broad question. I mean, you probably get it from <laughs> yeah, a lot. Um, I mean, for so we hadn't done happy birthday graphics before this past July when I got here, and I really thought that that's an easy way to give more attention to the Olympic sports and give them some more content that they normally wouldn't have. So that one, we just kind of took the poster template, like background part, not the cutouts that were on it, and then put either an action cutout if we had it or a headshot cutout on top of it and just had happy birthday with their first name. Um, we're looking to maybe change that up a little bit this upcoming year, but we'll see. And then for game day graphics, it was the same like backgrounds as the poster, so it was all uniformed. But then for postseason, I'm really lucky. Tyler, who's one of the other marketing people on our team, is super creative. And he was doing some fun stuff for, like, the Mountain West games. And I, like, was like, oh, like, women's basketball is going postseason, like, I, after the conference tournament. I was like, I really want to switch up our graphics to give them a different look from, like, the regular season ones. So I really just, like... I took kind of like how he had done our Mountain West Conference ones and then played around with it a little bit, made it a little bit different, but still similar enough that it wasn't completely like, where did this idea come from? Um, but yeah, for that, we just used our, for most of the graphics, we used our poster template this past year, but then we've been playing around with just making sure it was still our colors, but doing a little bit different stuff and I follow so many <laughs> different accounts on social media and if I'm on my feed and I'm scrolling through and I'm like oh like I really like because we're moving away from cutouts so like I really like how this team did like their happy birthday graphic like I have before I got my new phone in December I had so many screenshots on my phone yeah, <laughs> other people's <laughs> graphics of like oh, I like this part of this, but, like, I want to do, like, this other part from this thing, but, like, I like how I've done this new background. So, like, bits and pieces from a whole bunch of different places. <laughs> At one point, I had a Dropbox folder full of screenshots that I took. Uh, I took two, I have two questions from, from something you just said. You said you have the same uh, background kind of template for each graphic. And we talked about it last week with Chris Sabato, but it needs to be emphasized. How important is consistency when you're when you're doing that identity or that brand thing that everybody's going to see? It's really important. Uh, our like we went through rebranding. I don't know a few years ago with, but like colors were just more defined as like these are the like specific TV. YK and RGB like numbers and stuff and like we had our logo change a tiny bit so I think consistency is really important especially for the Olympic sports who didn't have as much social content 
before, like, we've done the birthday post and we've really pushed, like, tomorrow and this weekend or, like, game day type graphics across everything, like, pretty much every game. One or two might have missed with tennis in the fall, but, like, I think that consists... Once that consistency is there and you they can rely on, like, having the game day graphic and everything, then you can go, like, it doesn't have to be the same background as the poster, but, like, it's the same colors and, like, the logo's on everything and our hashtag is pretty much on everything. But, like, just being consistent so that, like, the teams start using all the same hashtags and stuff. Because with being the Aggies, there are several other schools with that mascot and... Sometimes the hashtags that are used, like, you'll click it and, like, one of our things will come up, but then, like, the other things that come up are, like, Texas A&M, for example, and it's hard when you have a mascot that's, like, fairly popular. Um, So when you guys, as a whole, come up with these templates and say, okay, this is what we're going to be for the year, what's that discussion like? I mean, has there ever been any disagreement with that? Or is there one person that says this is what we're doing and then you can't do it? No, there, there's discussion. It was probably not what it'll be moving forward, how it was last year, because we had two of us starting out in July, and then Derek left for North Dakota at the beginning of September, and then Tyler came in mid-October. So roles and responsibilities and all that stuff kept shifting at the beginning, and then we were in season with stuff. Um, so we just... To simplify things, I think we're, like, if we use the poster template, like, because each sport has the same effects on it, it's just their venues, the background instead. So it's sport-specific, so it's enough differentiating between them that it's not like, oh, everything is the exact same. And then we've started to move and, like, change the templates a bit now, like, as we're adjusting into, like, our new look and stuff with the fall, but... It's weird, really good at communicating, being like, hey, I have this idea for this. Like, what are your thoughts with it? What's been some of the most radical suggestion that you've heard, both with either graphic or with kind of like a promotional idea? Radical? We're not really doing anything too, like, (laughs) crazy with, like, branding-wise. I think we're doing a lot of stuff. Like, Tyler's very creative, as I said before. Like, our Mountain West tournament's in Vegas, so our score graphic was, like, slot machine themed. So that was pretty neat. And then our game day graphics were, like, the Las Vegas sign type look for game day instead. Um, I think it's more creative than, like, out there and, like, super crazy like a Clemson and stuff can do. Um, But we're just doing more creative stuff now that we're all in place with positions and stuff. Okay, let's move back to some, some, let's move away from graphic design and move back to some marketing stuff. Um, A lot of SIDs out there are basically a media relations, you know, a statistician, a journalist, hell, maybe even a marketer, and a graphic designer. I mean, what, what are some, like, the basic things that they can do to kind of boost that following when they have to juggle all those duties from, from a marketing perspective? I think having, we have PA reads at every event, and uh, if the venue has a video board, we have graphics that, like, say, hey, make sure you're following Utah State Aggies, and we have, like, our main athletics accounts, 
and then we also have it for like each sport so like we really promote it at each event to like make sure that like people know like hey like if you're a fan of this sport and not just like athletics as a whole like they have an instagram a facebook a twitter and stuff um we also made sure that recently that our handles were all for the most part some like identical within a sport across the platforms um so that's really helped because you don't have to type in two or three different versions for like one team and be like oh what's their handle on twitter and stuff uh i just gotta sell this debate instagram or snapchat or both what do you guys do we so we've had this conversation and it's actually changing um we don't have an official athletic snapchat right now um some of the teams have their own and they run it completely on their own i was part of at mcneese they had just implemented snapchat and during the fall sports i was the one doing like pre-game content and in-game content and like post-game content and then during basketball season i could really only do pre-game because i was the replay official I think they target different audiences. I think Snapchat is fun and gives you behind-the-scenes look. I think Instagram, I like the programs that are moving more towards photos with, like, a logo or something. Or simple graphics. I don't think really busy gra- I think Instagram as a whole is moving away from intense graphics if that makes sense and more simple like photos with a logo and stuff on them is there any sort of uh danger or worry either in between marketing and or media relations uh, about these teams that kind of run their own snapchat stories (sighs) i mean i only really knew about one team having it and they have like their team manager do it and stuff who's a fifth year so we haven't run into any issues with them, but when we had it at McNeese, when we gave it like for student-athlete takeovers and stuff, we made sure it was a student-athlete that was well-known and like we could trust with it. Like It wasn't yeah. just like, oh, here's the access to like the whole team, like pick who you're giving it to kind of thing. It was more like this student-athlete is someone who's in SAC or something and like someone we know no, will, like, post responsibly while on it. Yeah, so that – I could I could definitely see I, – I have class with these athletes, and I, I could totally see somebody if they ran their own Snapchats. Like, it could – something could go wrong. Yeah, there definitely something could go wrong. Uh, I want to move forward a little bit and talk about something that I thoroughly enjoy every Tuesday night. Um – YP Sports Chat. Why? Why? Hashtag. Excuse me. YP Sports Chat. Why did you come up with that? Where, where did your idea come from? Yeah. So I actually had a co-founder with the chat uh, who's no longer doing the chat side of things and runs our blog through Front Office Sports. But I didn't really know about Twitter chats until I got to McNeese and saw my boss was participating in the SCA chat for small college athletics. So I started participating in that one first, but that one with the topics and stuff was very, like, most of the time it was more just following, and you couldn't actually participate necessarily if you were, like, an entry-level person or a 
student because of what was being discussed in the depth of some of those conversations. And I started doing the SM Sports Chat one, and that one was better because it was social media-based and stuff and current topics. So there was rarely a question that, like, I couldn't, like, read about and, like, contribute something to. And then there was the marketing chat, M&M chat, which stopped for a while and is back periodically, um, once or twice a month now, which I really enjoyed as, like, the marketing side of things. But then I also did the social for ticket sales because I did ticketing at McNeese. But none of them were really geared towards people who wanted to pursue a career in the industry or who were just starting out in the industry and dealing with, like, just things that, like, entry-level people start out with. And, like, while veterans are great to, like, talk to about the stuff, like, further down the road, there were things that, like, my friends and I were dealing with that, like, no one was talking about. So I wanted to create a community that talked about, like, the entry-level stuff and really gave insight to those considering a career in sports. And that confirmed wanting to do that chat once I went to the NCAA Emerging Leadership Seminar two years ago because that was all GAs and entry-level people interacting and talking about what they were going through. So then the chat started last March and has been going on for just over a year now. And it's so much bigger (laughs) and busier than I expected it to be as quickly as it happened. Yeah, that was my next question. Did you ever expect it to get that large? I mean, what was it like in the beginning? Yeah, so the beginning was like 20 like to 30-ish usually as the range for like participating. And it was so easy to keep on top of with notifications and still like participate live instead of scheduling my answers. But as soon as like one month, I think it was January, like the lowest participation was 60 and that was like one time and then the rest were 80 or over. So like once I started getting bigger, I had to schedule my answers in advance because I was keeping up with notifications, making sure the hashtag was included in people's responses so that other people could see it. Um, and just managing it from the chat side of things. So I schedule all of my answers now. I rarely tweet live from my account during the chat. Um, so that's why I have so many notifications to go through after the chat's over. But it has gotten so much bigger. And honestly, the community, um, so many people are returning people. Like, we'll get, like, one to ten new people usually a week. But, like, the core of the chat is people who've been consistently participating in stuff, which just speaks to the need for the chat and the community it's created because people find a benefit of participating in it. Where do you where do you see it going? I mean, could it – I'm just asking it in general. I mean, like, could it get too large to where you're going to need multiple people? Uh, so once my co – founder stopped doing it or before he stopped doing it we were looking to add like a third person and stuff for just the chat part of it um it's crazy and it's a hectic hour um and I have people who help me from time to time either moderate it when I can't from the account that's happened two or three times because of events we've had but I've moderated it from events before which is not recommended but (laughs) It's possible, um, but I have people who will, like, send me topics and question, like, complete, like, chat 
it's done and I just have to schedule it. And if I have times where, like, I'm like, I really can't think of a topic, I'll text, like, a group of people and be like, hey, do you guys have, like, any topic ideas or, like, questions that would go with that topic? Um, but that's also why I made the first Tuesday of the month current topics and the third Tuesday of the month um, potluck for people to submit. So instead of coming up with four topics and six to eight questions for each of those topics, it's a little easier having it be current topics and then having people submit for one of the chats. What what has been the uh, best or mo- either best or and or most heated discussion that you've had with that? Um, like that's come up during the yeah, chat? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not even sports industry related. Um, but the debate between waffles and pancakes has surfaced multiple times, and that has been very interesting. <laughs> and then also this past chat started a debate with the when in the warm-up it said, like, sandal sneakers or dress shoes. Yeah. And actually Tyler said Sperry's and, like, that they were not just casual shoes. Like, he's told me, like, multiple days this week that he's still getting notifications about that debate. Um so the shoe debate has been really big, apparently. I haven't parti- participated in that one, but the waffles and pancakes one has been huge and ongoing several times. <laughs> I personally, I think I put, um, what did I put? What was it, tennis shoes? I put tennis shoes for just casual. I need some new ones because I wore out both my running shoes and my regular shoes, the underside, and that's going to give me knee pain. Um, and then I think for work I put dress shoes. I like to be professional like that. Those were my responses in case you were <laughs> you were curious. Um, just real quick, I just before we move on, you want to give a quick promo to how people can find that and then find the blog? Yeah, so for YP Sports Chat, it's at YP Sports Chat on Twitter. And then if you're interested, there's a LinkedIn and Facebook group that you can join. That's the pinned tweet on the account. And then for the blog, it's through Front Office Sports, and it's posted every Tuesday. So I know if you're on the website, there's, like, steps you can take to see them. But I just retweet and read them from when (laughs) Front Office Sports tweets them. So that's how I'd recommend accessing those blogs. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to move on to some a uh, couple fun questions I like to ask everybody uh, at the end. And I do have a new question for people uh, that have been avid listeners. And I'm sorry, but you're going to be the guinea pig. Uh, if you had to give an award uh, to the Beth... Be- I can't do it. What's going on? I had this presentation this morning, and I spoke English perfectly fine. But um, if you had to give out an award to the best college digital media athletic account team whatever you could give out let's say a maximum of three who would it be clemson for obvious reasons they're doing stuff that staffing wise a lot of schools can't physically do and just it's super creative it's something i see on a daily basis and enjoy their content um obviously i'm gonna have to go with michigan they have improved so much like since my senior year and probably it started like the end of my senior year but their their staff currently with Brian and Kurt and everyone are just doing really neat stuff and I enjoy the behind the scenes they provide because obviously 
I can't be there and I can't watch games on Big Ten Network because it's not available where I am. <laughs> Unless you got like the very premium package and it's ridiculous because you can get Pac-12 and SEC Network and all the other ones for normal packages. Sorry, that's another story. <laughs> um, and then I haven't really followed Vanderbilt that much with their digital and social stuff, but I absolutely loved the sorority recruitment themed video oh, that yeah. they released recently. So I will definitely be following their stuff a bit more after that video. Um, uh, this was something I had to ask. So Boston Marathon was on Monday, right? Adidas <laughs> sent out an email to the finishers of the Boston Marathon. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't actually. Okay, they goofed. Um, it said... Congrats! You survived the Boston Marathon. Was that uh, was that uh, who messed up there? Was that PR or was that marketing? And how would it, how would have you guys handled that? Well, I don't know with Adidas who that email came from. We control for Utah State personally. We're the people doing the emails mostly. Like our other departments send some out for their like respected groups like development but we send out, like, the main ones. So that's marketing, not media relations. I don't know who that falls under for them. I think PR-wise, it's not the best. Um, <laughs> but marketing can help PR, like, fix the image. Okay. Now, how would you guys, how would you go about doing that? I'm just curious, real fast. Uh, <laughs> it's a tough one. Um I really don't know what they what they ended up doing. We'll we'll just we'll supplement that with what they ended up doing was a, a little kind of like a press release type of thing, and it was actually a graphic with the press release in it, and they posted it on Twitter, and then they promoted that tweet and kind of pinned it to people's profiles, and mm -hmm. then some people trying to be funny and say, well, you should give me free shoes because of it, you know, um, and that kind of thing arose. But that I was just curious to how you know. How that kind of fell through the cracks. I mean, you gotta just, just a movie. There was a movie that came out about it. I mean, come on, someone messed up there. But um, okay, back to some fun stuff. And I told you, I did. I didn't tell you I was gonna ask you that. But um, what has been over your years as a professional, your favorite memory so far? Um. It could be from anything from Michigan to McNeese to Utah State. I mean, I think I have a favorite at each one. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So at Michigan, the first real, like, project and, like, not just doing game day stuff, we were in charge of promoting and executing increasing student attendance at a women's basketball game and we had women's basketball versus Ohio State so that rivalry really should sell itself across the board but our students and it may have gotten a little bit better since I left just didn't really attend women's basketball besides the band members and like four or five of us if I wasn't working um and we 
not only increased attendance, the average attendance I think was around like 50 because of the band. We got to just over 200 with students and we had a $500 budget and we targeted club sports because they have to fundraise their own money to play and compete and stuff. So we broke them into a small category and a large category and the two teams who brought the highest percentage of their roster got a check, which was part of our budget. And then we also targeted the different student sections because at Michigan there's a soccer student section, a volleyball, hockey, and men's basketball student section. So we had those four student sections, and we broke them into two teams, and they played at halftime as the halftime entertainment. And the team that won was crowned the best student section, and they got a little trophy. And then we also had a rewards program. So we used that rewards program and had a promo code for each of the student sections to put in their promo. And then the winning student section would get a meet and greet with their respected team. So that was my favorite memory for Michigan because it's my first time fully doing a marketing plan and executing it and seeing how it came out and like feedback and all that stuff and turnout. And then at McNeese, my favorite was the kids club as a whole, because I got there, it had 2000 plus members. And then when I reached out to people to renew, I either didn't get responses back or the few people who did respond were like, I'm not going to sign my kids up because there were issues with it in the past and like things weren't communicated well and stuff. So I started from scratch with that. And my most successful event with the kids club was doing a birthday party for our mascot during a men's and women's basketball doubleheader. And for pregame, we had a coloring station and then a high five tunnel. And then we had the mascots of our sponsors come as our mascots friends for photos. And then we had a pizza party in between the two games. And then we had birthday cake and singing happy birthday to our mascot during halftime of the second game so that was my most successful and fun memory just because the kids really enjoyed the birthday part and the uh, other mascots coming was fantastic they were like oh like I can get pictures with like this alligator and like all the different things so like they were super excited about that and then at Utah State my favorite memory and I don't know if it's – actually, I'm not going to do that one. I'm going to do a different one. Okay. So my favorite memory was our pink game where we had a cancer survivor who had just been declared, like, cancer-free after chemo and stuff the day before our game. So she, like, announced – like, her family and friends knew the day of, but, like, she, uh-huh. like, made that announcement as she was being honored um, pregame for us. And what was really cool was we did her before the, we did her as part of the team introductions so that like the team was on like their two lines of like high-fiving and stuff. And then she went out there and then they included her in like the team huddle before the game started, which was really neat. And just getting to see how much that meant to her and her family and then how much the team like got behind it and stuff was really fun to be a part of so we talked about your favorite memory how about the other side of the coin what's your biggest horror story 
So our my biggest horror story, and Morgan will appreciate that I'm bringing this up again, <laughs> our first football game, when you think, like, everything can go wrong, that's what happened at this game. <laughs> we had plans. So before the game, like a few days out, when the freshmen came on campus, before everyone else was on campus, we had this huge pep rally concert thing in our football stadium. And if you attended that, you got a wristband to run onto the field before the team did for introductions. So the freshman stampede. We had... Oh, that was bad. The stampede got cued by... We don't even know who like told them they could go, but it wasn't marketing. And they ran from like off the field, like where they were being held, through like where the team went and through the tunnel before they were supposed to, and that was during our special spectator um, moment. Uh. So that was really bad. What made it worse was my headset and Morgan's headset, we were the two main marketing people on the field, weren't working. We could hear what was coming, like, being said through it, but when we responded, no one could hear us. So, like, we were, like, people were yelling, like, how's this happening? And we couldn't communicate with them, so that was not ideal. And then I think that same game, we couldn't find our mascot (laughs) for promotion. Like, their handler had lost them. He was in the stands somewhere. So we had to, like, just grab a cheerleader to, like, do it instead and that was like my first game and that was Derek's last game so like it wasn't a great thing for Derek to leave on memory wise and stuff and it wasn't great like being like if this is how our first game went like not really positive for like the rest of the season um but we adapted we adjusted and didn't have that issue again so that was good (laughs) um are you working on any sort of passion project or big project right now I, it's work-related, but we are doing currently, because I oversee track and field, we are doing a signing, not even day or week, but we are doing signing graphics for all of our class of 2017 signings right now, and instead of football where they, like, and other sports where they get it all out in a day, we actually decided, the director of ops for track and I, that It'd be neat to do it one a day until we host our conference championship in, like, two and a half-ish weeks. Um, So instead of doing it all just, like, spamming the account, like, in one day, we're spreading it out so, like, each athlete gets attention and stuff and just increasing our engagement and followers from that. Well, cool. Um one thing you're interested in to, to learn more about in, in your profession? I've started very basically using Premiere, and I think knowing video, and video gets more attention on social than just graphics, too. Um, so I will be spending a lot of time in the next few months learning Premiere better so that I can do more video stuff. Um, one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? One piece of advice. There's so much pieces of advice. <laughs> I really think the most important, like, I applied so many places before leaving Michigan, and then I applied again to so many places 
before my position ended at McNeese. There are so many job applications and there are so many positions out there. And you might think like, oh, it'd be really cool to work at this school and stuff. But unless you know, like, you don't know that you'll fit there unless, like, you start talking to people. So getting a no isn't always about qualifications. I've heard stories of people being overqualified for places, but then they did a phone interview and, like, started talking to people, and it just wasn't the right fit. So don't take – and I know this is so much easier to say than to take, but no's don't always reflect on you and you not being qualified fit is a huge component of it that a lot of people don't realize right away. Um, work-life balance. What do you, what do you do? Uh, <laughs> I really like, it's not that I don't like that phrase. Yeah. I think in athletics and I think to each individual, it means something completely different, but athletics is not a place where it's 50, 50. Um, you have to find time when you can. I just recently got back from a vacation that was a few days because we didn't have home events and my family was going on vacation. So I took that time. Like I still did graphics and stuff while on vacation, but just change of scenery was so nice after the winter that we've had here. But I think just finding something And I know a lot of sports information people specifically who have told me, like, they cannot watch sports for fun. Like, when they go home, like, unless it's our game and they need to be watching it, like, they do not watch sports. And I also know people who say, like, once you get into this industry, like, you can't be a fan. I don't – I think that's another personal thing because I can still – like, I'll take notice of, like, marketing things more now. But, like, I can still go to Michigan games. Like, I went to a basketball game over Thanksgiving, and, like, I was cheering. I was in my normal seat in the front row of the student section. Like, so I still watch sports for fun. I think it's finding something outside of work, whether it's outdoor stuff like a lot of people do here because of the mountains and stuff and going on hikes and everything. But... Or even if it's just, like, calling friends to talk to them and catch up with people who aren't in your immediate, like, location. It's There's so many different things that people can do. It's just finding what works for you and what, like, is a stress reliever and, like, what you need to do to relax. Next time someone's near Logan, Utah, or in Logan, Utah, uh, what's your restaurant recommendation? Uh, or bar? actually really funny a lot of our great restaurants are connected to gas stations um but i don't really like southern cajun food in the like types of restaurants those are but that's what i've been told those restaurants are really great um my favorite it goes with the pancake and waffle debate um is called stacked it's a pancake place and i like breakfast food so i like stacked um, next time, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, have any questions or anything like that, uh, what would be the best way to do it? Uh, probably Twitter at Katie Perchlick and then direct messaging me. And honestly, I have my phone on me 24 seven. So if you direct message me, I'll probably suggest we text instead or hop on phone calls. I have 
at least one or two phone calls with friends or like networking type phone calls a day. I need to do more with YP Sports Chat participants now that my sports are my main sports not in season and my other sports are coming to an end soon. But yeah, Twitter. <laughs> uh, you want to give YP Sports Chat a quick promo one more time? Yeah, anyone who is interested in working in sports or is just starting out in sports, YP Sports Chat every Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time. And, yeah, it's a fun group. Cool, cool. Well, thank you for coming on, Katie. Really, really appreciate it. What you you got planned for this summer? This summer? um, I'm going to NACMA. I'm actually on the NACMA Young Professionals Committee. So I will be part of the Young Professionals Workshop. And then we have several weddings in our department over the next, like, month and a half. So I have a few weddings, too. (laughs) Cool, cool. Well, I thank you for coming on. Uh, Listeners, I know what you're about to do right now. You're about to turn it off because that's what my friends tell me that they do when when it gets to this point in the show. But I'm asking you not to do it right now, and I want to talk just for a couple minutes, Rep. 57 minutes, wow, I, I did not pay attention to the time that entire time. Uh, it got away from me. I was having fun. That's what <laughs> happened. So, um, But something really, really quickly, again, I do want to know how you guys do uh, your you know, stress relief. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm asking. That's how I'm phrasing it. Um, for people that, d- that know me, like I said in the beginning, I'm in bed by like 9. I couldn't fall asleep till 3 last night. I went out. I listened to, you know, one of a couple dozen podcasts that I listened to. I went out into my living room, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I did yoga. And people are like, Dave, what the hell are you doing yoga for? But that, I needed something to breathe, and that's what, I'm just curious to what everybody else does. Um, also, we will be coming up on the summer series of SIDcast. Again, I'll be moving, moving back home, and I'll be working, you know, 40 hours a week trying to pay rent and eat and things like that for next year. So um, we will have quick, maybe five to ten minute little segments with some past guests that we've had. Uh, We're already working out some scheduled things with that. Uh, We do have another full-length episode coming up uh, next Thursday. And then the following Thursday, I'll be moving back into my home back, you know, other side of the state in Indiana. So we will not have an episode in two weeks, which I'm very, very disappointed in, unless, but unless if I can record sometime during the week and then get it out on Friday, um, but that's my finals week, and I can't be doing anything that finals week, because this semester has gone pretty great academically, and I don't want to jeopardize that. I hope everybody understands. I would be really, I would kind of have a proud moment, Katie, if somebody was really upset that there wasn't going to be an episode. Yeah, it actually it's funny that you should bring that up with your episode like not having one for the first time because when we we never had canceled a YP sports chat until um I think it was the week of Christmas or the week after Christmas and like A, I'm surprised when people still like text me or like tweet and say like sorry, I won't be part able to participate cuz I'm like <laughs> I don't expect you to be here every week. We work in athletics, like, it's busy. But when we canceled, or when I canceled that one week, so many people were, like, upset, and they're like, what am I going to do? This hour of my Tuesday is always this chat. And I was (laughs) like, 
I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's so surprising to like see how much people enjoy it enough to be like, like texting me like, hey, sorry, and all that stuff. Yeah. So I hope someone says that about the podcast. Yeah. Um, I know everybody out there, also your big podcast listeners. I want to know what you guys listen to. I'm really, really interested. We just came off, I think March was like podcast month, and I totally failed. I flopped on my part to a promote podcast month with a podcast. And, you know, I think I mentioned it last week, and it was, it's April. So I, I, I goofed on that. I missed that one. Um, also something exciting going on in my life. I gave myself the green light to do a second podcast. Um, it will be narrative style. Um, if you listen to NPR and ever listen to a, a feature piece on that, um, it will be kind of a storytelling type of thing. Um, it will involve athletics. And it's going to be along the lines of hard knocks, maybe a season with, maybe even a little last chance you without all the fighting at the end. Um, that And that's going to be exciting. And I will have you know, something with that. Uh, over the summer so as always you guys can follow us on twitter like us on facebook using backslash sports infocast because sidcast is already taken uh like subscribe rate review i know every podcast says it but it's really really important had a friend go on itunes the other day couldn't find us you don't know why because i have one rating and it was from my former suite mate he gave me a five star i don't know if that counts for anything but i do have one rating and i would like and that helps with this podcast popping up. So, again, we thank you all for joining in on this week's episode of SIDCast, and we hope to catch you all next week.